Oh, Amy, where am I? You can't see me. I I can't? No. Where where did you go? I move so slowly that I am invisible to the naked eye. Because you're slow? <sighs> what? I'm so confused. What happened? What did a thing? I learned the ways of Drax and have become invisible. You can't see me. And neither can the people at home. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Baby, where we were going to do one thing this week, but then we have to do this thing this week, and we'll see the other thing next week. Thing. <laughs> uh, this week we're actually going to talk about The Invisible Man, the semi-remake, semi-reboot, semi-original story that was put out by Blumhouse, that stars uh, Elizabeth Moss. Thanks. I was going to call her something else, and I was like, that's wrong, so Casey, take it away. I'm curious what you are going to call her. Emily Moss. <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> so I was like, nope, that's wrong. Uh, so, we're actually going to talk through The Invisible Man. So we saw it uh, last week. Yeah. And it was one of the most stressful movie events of my life. So let's talk about it. Yeah! Alright, so overall thoughts on The Invisible Man. I really liked it. I agree. I thought it was a really good movie. There were definitely a couple parts of it that I did not enjoy. But some of it was more like, I didn't enjoy it as like a thing that happened, but I get why it happened, so I'm not mad that the movie did it. Yeah, it, it, it was... It pushes buttons. It pushes a lot of buttons. And it's also very much one of those ones I would give the warning. I mentioned this on Twitter, because I mentioned on Twitter that like this was one of the most stressful movie experiences that I've ever endured. And that's true. And I kept going like to Casey during the movie being like, I'm enjoying this movie. I'm enjoying this movie. Because I did not look like I was enjoying this movie. And I could see the thump thump coming out of her chest. <laughs> <laughs> and it it was the tension rather than the scare of it. Um, but what I said to the person on Twitter who asked me like if they would recommend someone seeing it is that it deals really heavily with uh, domestic abuse. And all the things there of that are involved with victims of domestic abuse telling their story. And it's very hard. It deals a lot with gaslighting and, like, the whole thing of making, like, having the person who's in power in the relationship and the abuser making people believe that the victim or the person who's being abused is lying and crazy and all that. And it deals very straightforwardly, but also, like, metaphorically and, like, allegory-wise with all of that in the realm of a person who can turn invisible. And so it is very stressful in that situation. And then it's just like the tension of that movie. So I feel like that's as much of a non-spoiler. 
Yeah, and all the things you described, I was paying attention. It's all like in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen the trailer, it's you can tell what this movie is going to be about. Yeah. And it is very much what you expect from the trailer as far as like, okay, well, people are going to think that she's crazy and, and all yeah. that. And yeah, but even having seen that, there were several like twists and turns along the way. Oh, yeah. And I will say the other thing that was really hard to watch in this movie is some of the violence. Like some of like some of the violence is silly, in a way. Like it's not believable, but then some of it is just like we are lingering on this really hard thing to watch. Yeah, and uh, it's written and directed by uh, Lee Winnell, who did uh, uh, well. He was in the first Saw movie. I think he helped write it, um, and then he he did some of the other Saw movies. I think he did number two. And he was in Insidious. Uh, Yes, he's in, in. He's like best friends with James Wan, so they're like. Yeah. Uh, so this is definitely like. So this is more of a thriller than a horror movie. Yeah. But it definitely has that horror aspect. It's just, for as much as it's about an invisible man, it has some very real scary stuff, and it's one of those things where, would I recommend people see it? Yeah, it was a good movie, but if you cannot handle any of those themes or anything, I don't recommend doing that to yourself. Yeah. I had a nightmare, like, three days ago, where I woke up in the middle of the night and just kept staring at things, because I just, like, had that feeling of, like, being watched. And I told you, like, when we were watching the movie, I'm like, this is one of the scariest things to me, is the feeling of, um not seeing what the bad thing is. And I've, I've had it before where I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night, especially, like, when I'm by myself or if I've watched something, like, scary before bed. Horror movies don't generally bother me unless it's about something that you can't see. And then I get that paranoid feeling where I walk through my very tiny apartment, look in the closets that can't fit a person, and, like, behind the shower curtain and all those kind of things. Just because, like, I have that, like, intense need to make sure there's nothing there. And so watching a movie that's about the thing not being there but is there was, like, very, very, very stressful. And so, I again, I say, I enjoy it. But if these are things that you think trigger you or you have trouble watching, maybe read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a really good movie. I think it's an important movie. Yeah. It's a very timely movie. But yeah, like, I mean, no one wants you to, like, make yourself suffer. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to be, you know, a really tough thing for you to, to get through. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you do, like, I, I really enjoyed the acting in it. The acting performances were great. Uh, I thought it was, like for the most part, like, pretty well written yeah. as far as, like, okay, these are the things that people in this situation would say and do. Yep. Uh, and how a lot of people would react to things and, like, it all as, like, silly as you can, like, looking on the outside of it, you know, things may seem a little far-fetched, but, like, in the realm of that movie, it, yep. it for the most part, was very, like, believable, I thought. I agree. I, I've heard some other opinions, but I also don't trust those opinions, <laughs> and so I'm sticking with mine. 
Um, I think that's pretty much as much as we can do with not talking about, like, specifics. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause. Our spoilers are about to be visible. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, pause, go watch the movie, and come back to us and continue this discussion. I hope that you literally, like, pause this, go watch the movie, and then run back to your computer, whatever your, your phone, whatever you're playing this on, and just be like, continue. <laughs> just like, you're listening as you get to the movie theater, you stop, you go watch the movie, you come back, turn us on in your car, and drive back home with us. We're in your car. Oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> That's that good for the movie you just watched. Here, have a, a fart sound to make it better. I mean, that would have been quite a twist if, like, the way that she, instead of the creepiness, you just hear the... <laughs> uh, that's why I would never be the Invisible Man because I mean you're also a nicer guy. I am, but if I were trying to be stealthy and not be seen, I would be given away with a. Oh yeah, you're not a rogue. No offense. No, Casey, I am not. You, you you do not have the stealth. We discussed this. I am, I am a fard. Yes. <laughs> I'm a fighter bard. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say a farty bard. That too. It all. <laughs> Rolls into one little stinky package. If you can't tell, we were going to talk about D&D today, and now we're talking about this. But we always find a way to talk about D&D. We do, indeed. And we're going to go play it soon. But, Invisible Man. So, we... What I really liked uh, was that it opened with no showing of the abuse that she was suffering. So, like, we talked about this afterwards. Yeah, I... I thought that Mm -hmm. that's what... They were going to do something to, like show maybe like montage or something quick in the beginning to show like oh wow things were great and then they turn ugly it's like nope we're just starting right with her just getting the heck out of there yeah so we open with her escaping from the house and we get to kind of see how she's planned it because she's hidden her bag and she wore socks to bed so that she would be quiet and she knows where all the camera layouts are and everything like that but we also open with her you know she's in bed with her uh her boyfriend and she lifts the cover and you see that even in his sleep he's like holding on to her and controlling her and it's this very tense scene as she tries to escape and there's a couple things I really really like about the opening I really really like how it sets up every element that we're gonna see in the movie yeah real quick on that Mm -hmm. um this movie does an excellent job so in any horror thriller movie uh there is an increased importance on inserts mm-hmm. and purposeful shots to show you of things. But I thought this movie did a really great job of showing you what you needed to see, but also like paying it off and mm-hmm. and, and revealing the importance of what you've been shown. Yeah. Like if they show you the shot of this cup, then this cup is going to be important and they're going to yeah. do something with it later. And they did that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And it starts right away. It does, because it starts with, you know, one, it's the setup of, like, this whole bedroom, which, like, when you look at it, it's, you're always seen. It's these giant windows, there's cameras everywhere, and you're never not being watched. You know? And I thought that was really, really interesting. And then, you know, that sets up the security cameras, which is, like, an overarching theme through everything is like what people can prove and then it's and it's also setting up the idea of like what you can see versus what's really happening so um they make a point of her moving a camera to look at the bed which you know helps her 
because she can keep an eye on him if he's asleep. Like, that's the purpose of what that shot is. But it's also showing you that these cameras have blind spots and can be moved, and that it's about being aware of where the camera is looking. And then, you know, it sets up... Um, and also for us, as the viewers, yep. uh, you know, we are we can only see what we are shown. Yep. So sometimes things are happening off camera, so even in our, as the viewers, blind spots. Yep. And then it sets up, you know, the hidey hole of where she hid, like, she hid her getaway bag, which is um, very important and just speaks to the arrogance of her uh, ex. I think I'll call him the ex. Yeah. Because he was never her actual boyfriend through any of this movie. He is the ex or the abuser or whoever. Um, and they set up the fact that she drugged him with some of her pills to make sure he wouldn't wake up when she was trying to get away, which also pays off later. But it's also like we talked... I think it was diazepam. Something. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was diazepam. Um, but the other thing that I mentioned to Casey, like after we were like gathering our thoughts on this movie, was like I really liked that they didn't show us, like he mentioned, like a montage of the stuff that happened with their relationship or anything like that. We are forced to believe Elizabeth Moss's character's story we are forced to you know believe that he abused her believe all the horrible things he did and everything without ever being shown it at least through the beginning until he starts to go like crazy or yeah. like show us his crazy yeah because he's always been crazy and uh yeah like there is no dialogue mm -mm. and for that whole opening sequence which is about probably close to like 10 minutes it's about 10 15 minutes yeah yeah um, the okay. first dialogue we actually get is her talking to the dog. Yeah. Um, and so, Can like... Can relate. Like, it, it's, it shows that we didn't need any of that. Mm -hmm. And it... I, honestly, it would have made me like the movie less if it had shown all that stuff. Because I'm like, I don't need that. Just showing her, like, trying to escape and, like... Like, her fear. And just the house itself mm -hmm. where they shot that... And like all those things that we were saying, give us all that information mm -hmm. without having seen a trailer, without having seen anything. Yep. And to me, that I think that was the the best possible route for that. I agree. And then we get, you know, we meet the dog that has a shock collar, and she's like, "I can't let you be trapped here too." And but we also see that the house is walled, and like it, everything is about containing and controlling. And they do a really good job of setting that up. And what really got me is like. The big thing about domestic abuse is that a lot of people don't believe you. And a lot of people don't, like, they're like, if I can't see the proof, if I haven't seen it happening, I can't believe that this guy who's, like, so smart or so successful or so whatever would do something like that. Because how could you, lady, man, accuser, and yell at this, like, demean this person? And also, like, people have a really bad problem with respecting and acknowledging emotional abuse yeah they're like okay you don't have any bruises on you so you weren't abused mm -hmm. and like that's not that's not the same thing that's either. not true at all like and and it, it goes to like the thing of like whenever you find something out about somebody uh there was a joke i think it's some stand-up i watched recently about like the neighbors mm -hmm. of someone who had people in their basement or whatever and like yeah but he was always such a nice guy i'm so shy it's always the same if response. you've ever if you're like me and listen to a lot of true crime shows 
the people who are the the worst people are usually the best at making you think they're good people because they're a, a lot of them are sociopaths or like some kind of thing that are really good at mirroring mirroring good behavior and a lot of it is because they don't see what they're doing as wrong so they see themselves as like an upstanding citizen and it's it and you see that in this cuz this this ex throughout this whole movie really won't admit to anything that he's done like he will use his power and his like w- like the means at his disposal to force the people in his life to do things but he never once will admit that he's the one who's doing it. He is happy to hint in order to terrorize, but he will never say that he did something wrong. And it's just one of those things where it, it the biggest point in something like this is about being about believing people who tell you their pain and their story and their experience. And we live in a society that just the Seinfeld thing. We live in a society. Because <laughs> that's true too. But like, we live in a society where we're a lot of times told to doubt people because they could be lying. And the thing is like... They're like innocent. It's innocent guilty. guilty. Or um, when you look at a lot of like abuse cases, assault cases, or things like that, a lot of it is, you know, you're ruining... And I, I'm speaking from this mainly from a woman accusing a man point of view, but this does fully happen vice versa with, like, a man accusing a woman or all the mix and matches that you can possibly experience. That if So if I refer to it as, like, a woman accusing a man or talk about it from that point of view, it's not saying that's the only point of view. It's just the one that I, myself, am most familiar with, and so it's the easiest for me to use as a general. I want to put that out there because I don't want to erase anybody's trauma and experiences. But, like, you see it in a lot of cases where you're ruining this guy's life and you're ruining this guy's reputation. And it's your fault for doing things that make this person suffer. And so as we move through this movie, you know, she escapes. Her sister comes and gets her. And the guy, you see him barrel out of the woods, scary as all hell. Um, go after her, and, you know, she loses the bottle of... Diazepam. That she used to help him <laughs> go to sleep, go nighty-night. And we, you know, we appear next at the house of her friend, played by Aldous Hodge, who I love. I love as well. Uh, he, uh, he's, he's such a precious, precious little gem. And his, his daughter is played by the girl who's from A Wrinkle in Time, who was the lead in A Wrinkle in Time, who's also really great. I like her a lot. She got very tall. Yeah. She hit that growth spurt. Right? Um, but we appear there, and it's a lot of Elizabeth Moss, like, trying to deal with this pain. So, like, she's cut off her sister well, because... Well, real quick, uh, yeah. about Aldis and, and her, I wasn't sure until about, like almost an hour into the movie where she calls him dad. I was like, is this him looking after his little sister? Oh. I don't know. Like, I think that just goes to show, like, he got them good genes. I was That's like, true. I don't know if he's supposed to be, like, an older brother or, like, whoever. He, no, he I, daddy. He the dad. Okay. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. No, no he's, he's a very handsome man. He plays a very, like, he plays a good cop who... 
you know, we are shown is a great dad, is, like, very open and accepting, and is trying his best to do what's best for his friend. And, yeah. And, and I mean that in, like, the most sincere way. Yeah, like, he understands and is, like, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing to, mm-hmm. like, hey, this person went through so much crap and is, you know, dealing with these very, very heavy things. Mm-hmm. And she's staying with you indefinitely. Like that's a that's a big thing for someone to take on. Yeah. And he does it very well. And and really without like remorse. Remorse or or, like, sh- or shaming her for like making her feel like a burden. Like yeah. he doesn't ever seem like he's upset that she's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was, or like it's it, it's a hardship. It was one of my that like dynamic was one of my favorite things about the movie. And it's never a romance. No. And I like that, too. Yeah, like, it's just... Because that, that have... would have been really gross. Yeah. Like, and to me. Like, taking her like, out of this one abusive relationship to throw her into a power structure where she is being, like, housed by her friend in his environment and all that kind of stuff, and to put a, a romance in there would have been really gross. Yeah, and, like... And not... It, the thing is, like... Not that Aldous Hodge doesn't deserve all the romance... He does, and that was the thing. That, that handsome, was, handsome man. That was the hard thing not to root for them, mm-hmm. is because they're both very charismatic actors. Yeah, and they have such a great dynamic. And uh, with his daughter, like they just seemed like they just all got along. They fit really well together yeah. as a unit. Uh, and you know, like well, it doesn't mean that in the future, after the end of this, I wouldn't be like, yes, go have all the love. Yeah, that's but that's like what... you need that that processing time. And that was the good. That was the good thing about it because, and it shows how good they are as actors, I got all of that. Yeah. I got, like, he's being super respectful, he's being a good person, but also, like, I can tell that he clearly cares for her, yeah. and, like, in both a, a, a friendship way and probably a romantic way, but, like, you know, he he good too. He very respectful. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, I could see if, if, you, if there was, like, an epilogue later that was, like, you know, they eventually became a thing. Whatever, like, Maybe. It depends on how I mean, we, when we talk about the end. Once we get yeah, there. But it like, depends on that. But the other thing... But at that point, I could see that yeah. without it being weird. I also like that, like, subtly, and, and I don't know... Like, all this is stuff that I'm putting onto it. I like that it shows that her safety is people she trusts, and it's not a... Like, it's not a... A lot of people get... When you accuse people, are like, you hate men. And it's like, no, her trust is actually in the dude because she can tell that he's a good dude. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it's the, it's not about anything like that. It's, and I like that she can surround herself with just people she trusts and it doesn't matter who they are. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, I, I appreciated that too because it's like... Yeah. But we should plow forward. Yes. I mean, the, the rest of the movie is mostly just... Uh, so we get so let's kind of like we can go a little section by section um we are introduced to the sister who is upset at being cut off because she you know the ex knew where she lived and elizabeth moss has been continuously afraid that like the ex would follow her sister to alice's place where he doesn't know where that is and we are introduced to the idea that the ex is dead that the ex committed suicide and you can see uh the processing for Elizabeth Moss is that even though she's given that news, she doesn't feel safe. And it's very interesting, but 
the moment that the sister comes is the moment that we start getting the tension. Like, the tension has always been there, but once that starts, we start getting the really interesting camera angles and the interesting focal, like, focus points. Because what this movie really does well about building up that, like, anxiety that something you can't see is there is the way that it does framing and the way that it does focus and all that sort of stuff. So lingering on places where there is nothing or wide shots set up in a way that would be two people. So like a lot of the, what I noticed was like there's Elizabeth Moss here and the way that it's set up would be a dual scene. Yeah, and a lot of times the thing that's filling that space is darkness yep. or like a shape of like there's like a coat rack with a hat or yep. whatever. And oh, like, the mannequin that was at the, the foot of the bed. Ugh. The, yeah. the, the, the daughter wants to go to fashion school and has the, the bust thing yeah. that people uh, make clothes on. I can't think of the name right now, but uh, I hate them. Like, they're cool. There was one in my last apartment, and at least 87 times I would get up to, like, whenever I was going to the bathroom or going out somewhere out into the living room at night, and there's just this figure, and I'm like, eh. And just <laughs> so many moments, because it was just placed right at the corner of the hallway, and I'm just like, why there? Why it got to be there? Why does it have to be here at all? Why does it not have to be in your room when it's yours? Yeah. But... Uh, I digress. Um, we start getting all of that happening, and we get the scene with Mr. Pulley pulled the face thing, uh, the brother and his weird face. Oh yeah. He he the the brother of the ex in this movie has some 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 very stretchy jowls on good school like epic frown like grumpy cat frown levels. Uh yeah, so like he he was an interesting character too because uh, of course like the the lawyer of his the ex's estate mm-hmm. and is in charge of like the will and everything where we find out that Elizabeth Moss gets like all of his money and all the other stuff so long as she doesn't commit a crime and is proved to be well of mind yeah so I, I like, the, the phrase as long as you don't do anything wrong and you're not you know, crazy you're in a state to to handle like to be in in control the, the mental stuff. space to handle things and and finances and everything, yep. then you can get this. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, and like the whole time you're like something is yeah. this dude and like you could see awful. like even in air quote death, this guy is controlling his little brother. Yeah, and like he makes the thing like he does talk about the fact that like his brother has controlled him and like all this stuff, and so like I feel for the guy. And, like, you grew up with this horrible person, but you didn't decide to get out and become a good person. And it's not, I'm not trying to, I wouldn't place blame on someone who is stuck in that situation until you make the choice to become that same person once someone else is put below you in a power structure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, his choices that he makes later in the movie... Where he decides that once he's given the opportunity to have the power over somebody to abuse that person as well, for whatever his reasons are, I, I stop having some sympathy for him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he has definitely been tormented his entire life. And I felt for him really badly, like, through most of that movie until he made the choices he made. And we're so... Uh, I guess we can go ahead and say now because yeah. we're we're talking spoiler is like 
Yeah, it is. Uh, he had developed a stealth suit. The ex has developed. So the ex were set up. We walk through his lab in the beginning when she's escaping. We see that like he has suits and he has like technology, and we learn that he's like a a big guy in optics or something, and he's developed a suit that has all these little like camera lenses almost or something yeah. that lets him become invisible. Uh, sort of like the the camouflaging system you see in like. Uh, I mean, the only example coming to mind is, like, the Quinjet or, like, the carrier in yeah. Avengers. Like, you know, it's basically, like, these panels. Uh, in this case, it's cameras that are able to uh, they never, camouflage. So it's just, yeah. like, a whole suit of that. And and they make the good choice of not trying to tell you how and just let you believe that he's Mr. S- really smart guy that made a thing. I like that they didn't try to explain the science. Yeah, I don't, I don't need it. I no. really don't. Like, this movie did a really good job of... Not telling me things I didn't need to know. And it's also, like, I don't know where that would have fit in with, like, this is, like, do we need a monologue about how this thing happened? No. No. I don't need it, and I don't care about it. No. Especially because, like, I really like that Elizabeth Moss's whole thing, this whole time, it's not like, she's like, I I don't understand why I can't just leave. I'm not taking anything from you. I'm not doing anything. I don't, I'm not trying to take anything of yours. I'm just, like, trying to go. And that's why he clings and oh she has that line yeah it was like she at first is like why she's like staring into nothing, nothing supposedly but she's like why me why does it have to be me uh and, yeah, and later like, there's so when she decides that she knows he's alive they go back to um the brother her and aldis uh go back to the brother the lawyer brother and she says like he told me that he would find a way that if I ever left him, I that he would I would never be without him. That he would be there and I wouldn't be able to see him. And he found a way. And she's like, he told me this before I tried to leave. Like, any time that he knew I was thinking about it, he made this threat. And he found a way to follow through on it. And, like, it, it sets up really all you need to know is, like, his motivation for doing these kinds of things is just to keep controlling and tormenting her to get what he wants. And, like, I can totally see a dude who's just, like, so into himself that, you know, the biggest advancement in his career is just to screw with the person that he thinks is doing him wrong, even though she's not. And... Because she's a possession at that point. And, yeah, and, and she's the only one that wasn't entranced by his money and, like, Oh, yeah, all he's like, you like, didn't need him. Yeah. And so then he needed you. Yeah. Which is, like, that's a really good line. And, it, like... Yeah. No, and it and it's just one of those things. is like, the moment you become the thing that's unique and special, they want that, but they also want to break that. Yeah. And that's why, like, the controllingness is, like, I control all this... So that you need me. And the fact that she was, like, we're introduced to her sister, who's a very strong, in-your-face person. And Elizabeth Moss, framed against her, doesn't appear that way. But when you listen to, the, like, the things she does and the things that she said, is like, she, she's equally strong because she's, like, because she doesn't need this person. And all she wants to do is leave, and she's standing by that. And she's standing by her thing of, like, no, I, I you know her strength to be able to be like I don't need you like none of this has ever happened like it, it 
she's a very strong character in a way that I think that some people might not recognize until the very end. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, her strength to just be able to still function and leave and do, like, know that she's still able to do all these things for herself is really strong and it's really admirable. And her ability to endure that, what she endured, to get to that point is also, like, a real a big thing to admire um but we get the beginnings of like the guy haunting her because that's pretty much what he's doing like she doesn't know he's dead or alive she never once thinks it's a ghost like mm-hmm. I, I did like that because she's like this dude is not that kind of person and yeah. he's and I, and I don't think she ever trusted that he would actually commit suicide yeah like with, even with pictures and any of that I don't think she ever trusted that his ego would let him commit suicide. Yeah. Whoops. But, um, his... Yeah, it's just, it's not something he would do. No. And it's proven time and time again. But it's also proven that the world will think he did. Mm-hmm. Which is important. Um, but yeah, it... the it, It's one thing to talk through, like, the plot points of this. So we have, like, the suit, and we have... Like, the really hard moment of, like, the moment that told me, no, this is a psychopath, this is a horrible person, is, like, you know, she's trying to talk to his sister, her sister, and he sent an email from her computer to her sister to try to break up that connection, and he's almost set the house on fire, and he's almost, like, done all of these really horrible things, and was that before or after the thing in the attic? Uh, it was, it was pretty, it was... Before that. Okay. Because what we get then before that is the moment where, you know, she's being tormented and all these things are happening. Her portfolio goes missing. Um, she's crying and he, the ex, hits the daughter and makes the daughter think it's her. Yeah. We get all of those moments and the moment of, like, Aldous's trust in her breaking where that leads up to her trying to go talk to her sister and reestablish that connection because she needs someone to listen to her and find out that uh, Mr. Psychopath is not above just straight up killing people. Yeah. Just straight up doing it, and she's arrested for the murder of her sister. Yeah, it, like, the, a lot of the effects and everything were just, like, insane, but also, like, very, like, very effective. Yeah. And, and that moment, like, that's the one of the moments, like, I hated that. I hated that. But but from, like, a perspective of, like, someone doing that to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to someone that you care about and all that, more so than, like, I get why the movie included it. I hate that it happened. I still don't like that it happened. But I'm not mad at the movie in the same way I'm mad at other movies for killing off characters. Yeah. It was like, it it was like the nail in the coffin to, for him, mm-hmm. for his plan yep. of like, okay, now you have nothing, and now you are like totally isolated. Yeah, uh, and so and she gets sent to like an asylum, and then you know the brother lawyer comes in and is like, oh no, I know my brother's alive, and he wants you to come back. He wants you to have his baby. He wants you to, like, just admit this, and then you can just start a new life somewhere else with him again. And she's just like, no, you screwed up crazy person. 
Like, you straight up narcissistic psychopath family. Leave me the F alone. Yeah. And so, and she just, like, the strength and resilience in her as she tries to, like, fight through all of this, like, happening is insane to me. And then we just, like, at that point, we hit the mark of her deciding to do something about it despite whatever might happen to her. And so she breaks the suit by stealing a pen and stabbing him. And so we start to see him happen. There's a whole crazy gunfight. Which, like, she she had figured out a way to manipulate him. Yeah. Uh, by, like, because, like, they say, like, uh, for some people, like, the biggest form of ego is having a child. Because it's, like, yeah. you know, uh, and that whole thing. So she's like, all right, well, I'm going to kill myself so you don't get this child. And that was, like, uh... You know, the yep. bluff worked. Yep. Uh, and got him to to do something, yep. and she was able to to stab him with the pen and all yep. of that, and like, yeah. And at that point, he kind of loses his cool. Not that he ever had it, because he's a psychopath, but like he just starts making mistakes, and so you know she escapes. But in the in the slew of that, you have this whole fight where he's like attacking all these guards and doing all these things. On camera, on security camera, and it it's just you know crazy. It's a crazy fight. So the fight happens, and you get pretty much him in probably one of the most confusing parts for me, which was I don't know why he decided to kill certain people and not kill certain people. You know what I mean? Like that was the one other thing that was the other inconsistency in the movie. Uh, I mean the only th- I don't know if this is the thing. The only thing I can think of is like just like the spur of the moment, like, it, the, his argument in his head must have been like, alright, do I need to kill this person, or do I just feel the need to kill this person, and like, just the, the, I, I kind of like that it was a little bit unhinged and like, without, oh, yeah. like, there was no thought process. Yeah, I guess, but that, that was the only other thing for me with this guy was like, his, his choices of when to be, like, lethal and when to not be lethal and so some of that made sense but then some of it like he felt like he was toying with some of the cops and so some of it made sense some of it didn't i wasn't sure and then he didn't seem worried at all about people being alive to say they saw an invisible person and so like i guess it it does show like his unhingedness maybe because he's got another one (laughs) well i have two suits yeah, and so we do have a scene previous to this before, like, the first time she goes back to his place. We do have a scene of Elizabeth Moss finding the second suit and hiding it away in the cubby hole where she hid her getaway. And this is why I say I think that one of the weirdest, like, one of the best things, actually, is that it shows the ego of a guy who's in that, like, level of power because she does the same thing twice and he, she fools you both times and, like... Your egoness just says that, you know, oh, she didn't fool me that first time. I'm going to show her. And then she fools you again because you're an idiot and you're a narcissist and just, ugh. But. But, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was a really good payoff. And so she escapes and she makes it back to the house where we get, um, does she, wait. Yeah, yes. she gets her, like, and uh, because Oh, she, she gets back to, uh, to Alex's. The... Because, um, 
she knows that he's gonna go after her because he's she's um wait well, he, he, he like calls her or she's like she talks to him on the phone and he's like i'm gonna yeah, kill I'm gonna, the people that you yeah that's like well well i know where i'm going next yep and so we find out that he's there and going to uh try to kill the daughter and she fights back which is great um even though the one other thing i was like how many holes are in this suit that mace gets through i guess it's the however the breathing works for it but um you get there and we get the fight between the guy in the suit and aldis which is the other part that's super hard to watch because it's so violent and it's like pov punching him in the face over and over and over again and i was like i can't actually watch this but we find out that the person in the suit at that house was the brother. And we and the brother dies because Elizabeth Moss shoots him before she finds out it's the brother. And so we are given the reveal that the ex has been locked up in his basement the whole time. And he's all like bruised and whatever. And that the brother was the one behind this the whole time. And Elizabeth Moss is just like, no. <laughs> this is what he does. He makes it so he's the victim. He makes it so people think that I'm crazy. But I know it was him the whole time before. And so she's like, I'm going to make this happen. Like, she's cleared of all the stuff that, you know, she was accused of. So, like he would, like the ex expects, she comes back to him. Because he expects that, like, now all is forgiven because... You know, someone's been accused, like, someone's been accused, and, like, justice has been served. The slate has been wiped my, clean. My yeah. justice has been served yeah. for the ex. And so, you have Elizabeth Moss being like, this is not how this is going to go down. And so, she goes back to him, all dolled up and all that, and we learn that she's wired by, with Aldis um, in the car. And... Uh, the idea that we're set up to understand is that she's going to get a confession. So you have Aldis listening to get it on tape. And we're get, getting to the payoff of... Uh, everything. Everything, pretty much. <laughs> because we've consistently been shown all of the cameras in the house and how having stuff on tape is the way to prove what's happening. And so... You have a, we have seen Elizabeth Moss be harassed by something invisible, but you can't prove it, so it was her being crazy. We've seen so many other tapes and like pieces of evidence against her, and she has learned how to work that system for herself. And so we get her having a dinner with the guy, um, the ex, and them, and her legitimately does look like she is trying to get him to confess. I don't think that means she wouldn't have done what she was going to do, but she is trying to get him to confess to killing her sister. And, like, you have to say, you know, for us to be together again, for this to work, you have to admit that everything before the stuff at Aldous's house was you. And he's like, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And throughout this whole movie, his his phrase has been surprise. His Like, he texts us, texted her surprise in the very beginning the first word we hear him say is surprise when he's invisible and she's tied to the bed in the asylum and we like that's his thing is like you you don't have the power i do surprise and so 
we have them at the table and you know she's like you just have to admit it. you have to admit it and he comes and like he's like no i am i am a victim too i am a victim too and he comes up to her and says something and i forget exactly what he says but it includes the word surprise and you can see on his face that he's like this is all you're gonna get and you can see on her face that like this is what i have to do and so you know she's been crying because you know it's emotional and she's like let me go clean up in the bathroom well we know (laughs) that elizabeth moss knows where all the cameras are and also hit a suit so we're we switch point of view um, to the camera on the dining table, which actually we can only see him at the dining table. And we see him sitting there doing nothing, and he's just there. And then uh, he, in a weird way, lifts his arm and uh, cuts his own throat. That's all you see. And we are... Um, we know that Elizabeth Moss has a suit. And so we get Elizabeth Moss coming out of the bathroom and seeing him and screaming and freaking out and doing all the things. And it was an obvious struggle when he, uh, when the murder of the ex happens. Um, but the video just shows him doing it. And so she comes out, freaks out. You can't see her come back in or out. And so she screams and calls for the emergency, like, the ambulance. All Aldous hears is screaming, and she then walks out of frame of camera, calms, sits down, and goes, surprise. And I feel like that payoff was so good. Like, it was earned, it was good, and I felt vindicated on behalf of the character and, like, all that sort of thing. And that definitely comes from my own sense of, like, retribution type justice but um we get that happens and then she gets to walk away with the suit and the dog so she gets the dog she gets the suit uh i think this has all been an origin movie uh for her to she's going to change her name to sue storm and be the invisible woman (laughs) (laughs) um i am curious do you think that they're still trying to do their dark universe uh they no do you think <laughs> the that mummy like tanked to the point where they're like, okay, never mind. No, because the coolest part in the mummy was the mummy that you ruined. But yeah, they were like, oh, we we still want to do something with this IP, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be that. So if they wanted to do something later on, I don't think they're going to at this point. But if they did, it and this wouldn't. I be wonder. Part if, of it. Well, I wonder if this would be the start of it if they wanted to reboot something well, again. Well, no, because they. <laughs> They already, like, threw their eggs into the basket when the mummy came out. The universal title switched to, like, the dark universe. I know, but I'm just curious of, as to what it what it means for the Elizabeth Moss character to have the suit at the end. Like, I like it, and I, I'm curious if, like, she wants to, you know, go help people who are stuck in this similar situation, if we're going to get that kind of thing. And I don't think we're going to get a sequel, but I just, like... It, I'm curious as to what the process in that character's mind is for the possibilities now that she has that suit. Um, and we also get why I was saying I'm not sure if an epilogue would tell us there was a romance or not. Because Aldous, who is definitely not going to turn her in, 
but like knows what she did even though she never says it is like you can see he is conflicted because he's a good dude like he's a good dude he's a pretty morally straight dude like like justice is the law and how we can do that and like he understands that like sometimes the law can't do something but he can't quite approve of what she did and you just see like the the struggle on his face about what just happened and so i don't know if a romance would happen um yeah before maybe before now, maybe now i don't know now, probably not probably but. not but yeah overall i really like the movie i think it's a really stressful movie to go watch but if you like thrillers and if you like that kind of like triumph story with all of the sad tragic horror in the middle then it's 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 a good movie it's very well acted i liked it i enjoyed probably 95 percent of it and would i don't think i would watch again but did like thoughts i also liked i liked <clears throat> when I, I see what it's going for. I see, like, the metaphor. I see you. I see all the, the things that it's trying to do. And the fact that it did it and did it successfully makes me be like, yeah, okay, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, no, I just, like, all the technical things about it, like, whether or not, like, some of his movies are kind of, like, hit or miss. Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed his last movie, Lay When I Was the Last Movie, which is Upgrade, which had some really cool uh, cinematography. Do, do not know movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's basically like a lot of people compared it to Venom because it was like voice inside the head because he's uh, like part machine and it like basically his body acts <clears throat> for him uh, in a lot of places and there's like it's a lot of like cowboy rig camera where yeah. it's like following him. it's it's really well shot uh, like and that was a good movie like I, I think he is a very he's very good at the technical side too. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the stuff is like kind of hit or miss. Uh, in general, I like his stuff, uh, but this one I think is probably one of his best mm -hmm. uh, by far. And uh, yeah, it was just—I I just think it was good in every aspect. Like, yeah, I agree. On on every side, the writing, the acting, the the cinematography, the effects—like everything was was really tight and well done. Uh, so yeah, and I the tension was high. Yeah, so like everything was effective. Uh, you did all the things you set out to do. So good job. Good job. Uh, yeah, I would be curious to see like other movies take this kind of direction. Not necessarily for this topic specifically, but from the point of view. So like the original Invisible Man story is from the point of view of the Invisible Man who gets turned invisible and goes crazy and does like some really not great stuff. But it's, it's from his point of view as he becomes kind of like a stalker and kind of like a crazed lunatic who thinks he can, like, take over the world sort of thing. But, like, I like the flip. And I would be more interested to see from, like, points of view that way. So, like, a Dracula movie from the point of view of, like, the wives or the, like, some of the other people in it. Like, the detectives and all that kind of stuff. Not Jonathan Hawker, the totally not most boring character ever. <laughs> yeah, no, not that. Um, but, like, I, w I would be interested to see more of these, like, flipped... Um... Also, there's a thing that's called Castlevania, but... <laughs> uh... 
No, but no, I agree. I, I think <clears throat> I like that idea of it. And, you know, Elizabeth Moss is a very smart person yep. as far as, like, the projects that she chooses. Like, her and her agent... They know are, what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They make great decisions as far as, like, choices for... The, the choices that she makes on the yep. projects that she does. Uh, and... Uh, I like a lot of the, the Blumhouse stuff that's come out because they are trying to do these things. And that's, if for me personally, that's the only way I can get it. I can get on board with like a horror or thriller movie if there is something, a message, or if it's trying to say something. Yeah. That's why I really enjoyed Us. That's why I really enjoyed Get Out. Uh, Which is not to say that every Blumhouse horror movie is doing the best. No, I, the things why, I've like, heard about Fantasy Island... I didn't say all of them. I know, no, but, but like when but it yeah. does it well, it does it really well. Yeah, and like that 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 is the side of Blumhouse. That is the side of the house that I like. <laughs> that is the wing of the house that I enjoy. Uh, but that's that's just what I look for in a horror or thriller movie because I'm not a big like slasher film or like yeah. just straight up horror movie. I don't care you about that stuff. You want a point of view. Yeah, I want a point of view. I want there to be a message. I want there to be a point. Uh, and like I just I don't enjoy like killing characters off just to kill a character off yes. to me it's just that's why I was I was shocked but a little bit more okay with the the whole thing with the sister just because I was like oh man that was insane and it just it was just it was a major turning point it yes. was like the the like the actual point of of the movie yep. in, in a lot of ways and like I, I and just and it was never forgotten no and that that's the other thing a lot of times you'll have like character death where like it, it's never really brought up again, or it's never... And there's no, like, consequence for yeah. it or anything. And no, like, the whole reason that she, like, goes for it is not just because of the stuff against her. Cause she never really fought back when it was just physically about her. She, like, she got away and she did all this stuff for it, but she never got to the point where she would have done the stuff that she was doing if he hadn't done that. Yeah. And, like, that's just what I need and what I look for in, yeah. in a film like this, so... Yeah, I, I'll take more of this. Yes. So, how many Dobermans would you give this out of 10? I would give it uh, four good boys. <laughs> <laughs> At 10? least four good... Oh, out of 10? Yes. I didn't know four to one out of five. Uh, I would give this probably like close to a nine out of 10. I would agree. Nine good boys out of, out of 10. All of the good boys. And the dog... N spoiler. The dog lives. The dog is always okay. Yeah. And I, that... If you don't know this about Amy, she always pulls up her phone. doesn't matter when... During the middle of the movie, even if it's in a packed theater, she's going to check to see if that, that animal lives or if it dies. I do. And this one, I was very, very, very nervous because this movie was too new to be listed on DoesTheDogDie.com. Not sponsored. If they want to sponsor this podcast, I will talk about you and everyone because I use it for every movie. <laughs> yeah. And not only does uh, the, pup, the pup live, it it is good boy and it is sidekick. Yes. Well, so, it is... The it, it joins her in her victory walk. Yeah, it, it I the puppy is going to live with her now. Yes. Let's be real. She wanted to take him in the beginning of the movie, and now she's like, "Cool, he's dead now." Uh, puppy. puppy. <laughs> All right. And that is a good note to end on. Indeed. Always with puppies. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. We are glad that you decided to spend another day or a couple hours ish hour hour of your week with us on this Tuesday for and we hope that you will come back and listen to us next week where we will not hear from you but you will hear from us and we might hear from you on Twitter or Instagram or somewhere along the 
talk to us. We can talk nerdy to you. Talk nerdy back to us. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Alright, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again next week where we will probably have something with D&D. The website is not broken. Bye! Bye.